One, two, three, four. Just another day at my dead end profession. I've lived day to day. Yeah, listen to some good old country records on the radio. Hell, yeah, what else can I say? Oh, ooh, ooh, time's passing by. Welcome back to the program. I'm Ryan Shores. With me, as always, is Dave Callens. Hello there. And on the soundboard, Mr. Robert Timothy. Woohoo! So, uh, <laughs> I'm surprisingly uh, not hungover today. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You go to jail post. last night or something? <laughs> saw your Facebook posts. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my, uh, my, uh, I, went I feel to like a, somebody gave him an abuse and he couldn't do <laughs> I went to a wedding, but not just any wedding, a wedding for a college buddy. I feel so, like you should be drunk. Girl, yeah. at the college wedding. So yeah, yeah I well I was okay. So the, the old the the entire old crew was there, mm. and um, boy, I forgot how much I can drink when it's free. <laughs> 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 I was like, wow, I'm really letting myself go here, <laughs> and like I, it was at Stone Brewing, so it was like mainly beer and wine. So I'm like, well, I'm not gonna drink too much beer because uh, Aaron and I are gonna be taping a TV show for. Um, Epics on Monday, and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna be on TV. I, I want my face to be thin. I'm staying right, away right, from right. carbs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, they got the new Metallica beer here. <laughs> and I drank like 40 of them. So <laughs> that's beer that sues other beer that tastes too much like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's beer you drink and you go, yeah. So, um, anyways, it's so clutch to have a wife that knows when to get your ass out of Dodge. Yeah. Because all of a sudden she starts insisting out of nowhere that we go. And like all my college friends have met and love Aaron. You know, it's not like she's not being included. She's she's having a good time too. Free food, open bar. But all of a sudden, uncharacteristically of her, she's like, it's time to go. I'm like, what? Come on, let's <laughs> aside with the DJ. She's like, it is time to go. I'm like, all right, fucking party pooper. He looks down, his dick's out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, flashback. He's, he thinks back. He's like, oh, I was on the table with my pants yeah. off. I had my tie around my head like an 80s businessman at <laughs> a party. So also, and, and I don't know how she knew, but she just knew because five minutes later, I'm hanging my head outside our car window, mm. violently vomiting. Mm-hmm. And here's a weird thing, too. I haven't vomited from alcohol since I was like 21, and so she's never seen me do it. So I don't know how she knew the signs were there, <laughs> but something in her wife, like she was already vomiting she, at the place. She's like, she's I the, don't know how he, oh, I don't know how she knew. Dude, she's the one who slipped him the antibuse. All right, it's gonna kick in right about now. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> And, oh, and here's the worst part. Like, you, you guys have been around me drunk a million times. I'm not an angry drunk no. or an abusive drunk. No. You're uh, a go to bed without telling anyone. Yeah, you're a sleepy drunk. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, that's why I abuse other substances. <laughs> no, but. Um, Side note, I think we should ca- categorize every drunk as one of the seven dwarfs. <laughs> you're sleepy. There's angry. <laughs> you know, he's grumpy. I'm he's... surprisingly a happy drunk. Yeah, I really every am. once in a while, somebody just becomes a medical doctor. Like, that's Doc. <laughs> So, um, anyways, I, like very uncharacteristically uh, of me, like when we got home, I was just being a dick for no reason. I'm like, look at the fucking closet door. You fucking broke the closet door last week. Like, getting mad about shit that's over. And like, she was an angel. She was like, you're right, babe. I, I was a dick to break that closet door a week ago. And here's the thing. When I get like that, which is like maybe once a year where I just get uh, like just uh, angry out of nowhere when I'm drunk. 
I wake up and I know what's happened immediately. I have that like ashamed <laughs> awakening where like my eyes open and I immediately go, <gasps> <laughs> and I just I just like wake her up to apologize. Like I was so wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I hate that feeling. That's awesome. That's why I have a rule about this: is if I'm ever on Facebook and I feel like saying something mean. If I have been drinking, I must wait till I sleep it off. If I still feel like posting it, and even at my drunkest, I adhere to that rule. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going I'm to tell everybody about it. <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have a rule. I'm totally going to feel like posting this tomorrow. I know I will, but I'm just going to go ahead and save it as yes. a draft. And when I wake up, I'm hitting post, and I never feel like fucking saying. <laughs> he wakes the up the day. next morning and he just like starts looking. He's like, you know what the problem with Somalis is? Like, oh no! Whoops! Yeah, he's going to eventually release them all as a coffee table book. <laughs> Ryan, you want to know? This is something that happened to me a long time ago, and this was one of the probably one of my worst nightmares. You that said ever the N word on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you know how I, I don't know if you guys remember, but old school phones before like real good smartphones, they had like you had like Blackberries and stuff, and it would be similar. You could oh, you had to hit the button three times to get the letter you wanted. Oh, those were great because you could text without looking at your yes. phone. You were just well, like, well, those were great. That that is true. You it was a, it was a big process to type like a text or an email or anything. But those phones, those old Blackberries, also had a save to draft version of a text and I would do the same thing I'd be in the middle of a fight and of course you're trying to hit the fucking five four times to get the goddamn right letter and so yeah. like it takes <laughs> for so then you get a text back and you don't send this out so I had a drafts folder usually filled with like fights I was having with girls I was dating at the time where they texted me back I something. didn't hire yeah. the, 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 the actress she was <laughs> really a fortune dealer yeah, yeah he just made templates of stock <laughs> responses so he just tagged that one. okay that's oh that's good it here. was horrible that's too because I would open up it was similar it was like a lot of drunk things that I realized I shouldn't send in the moment. Like when you opened up the drafts thing, it's it start a lot of them started with listen up, bitch. Like it was so good. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff like that. But I was smart and I didn't send it. Until my phone quirked one night and started <gasps> sending out all my back draft messages. Oh, no. I'm flipping out. This is when I'm single. There's conversations and trying to hook like drafts of me trying to hook up with a chick at 2 a.m. that I haven't talked to in years. <laughs> one of the girls that I had been dating like six months beforehand, her mom had died the week before I saw on Facebook. It's sending messages out to her. I am flipping out. At the time I live in this condo downtown, I don't know what to do, and so I just scream and oh I... Oh boy, I really wish I hadn't said I wish your mom dies. Yeah. <laughs> so I scream and I turn off the phone. I like rip the battery out of the phone real quick and I'm like, what do I do? Like I can't... Like now I, my phone is holding me hostage. I can't I can't put the battery back in this phone. It's going to keep sending messages. Your Facebook's like, you have 81 notifications. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to send all the rest of these messages if I put this back in, but what do I do otherwise? Just abandon my phone and walk off into the night? Like, Police come knock on his door. <laughs> Bobby puts on his own copy uniform. Like, hey, glad you're here. He's gonna be like the the, 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 uh, the uh, Incredible Hulk TV show. He just walks off down the freeway, <laughs> hitching a ride to the next town. And so, I uh, what I ended up doing is going down to the basement garage of the condo complex I lived in. I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't get service no down signal. here. I pop the battery back and delete, delete, delete. delete. <laughs> so, uh, so, how many Wait. people actually oh, ended up getting the woman whose mom died was like. She just sent back a text and was like, why did you just text me? Like, we hadn't talked in six months. And, like, she was like, oh, there was people that I was in mid-arguments with, like, ex-girlfriends and stuff who texted me back. Like, I haven't texted you in a year. And I just got something that said, listen up, bitch. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. And, like, that went out. And, it was, again, the draft messages. The things I was smart enough not to send when I was drunk at 2 a.m. Oh, no. This sounds like a class action lawsuit against Verizon. <laughs> Get that money, man. Come on.
that was kind of an eye-opening experience when, when social media first came out, you know? Because, like, you know, similar to Bobby's scenario, it used to be when you were drunk, you could only piss off the people in your phone yeah. book when, you know, when you're making a mistake. <laughs> but, like, uh, this is why I arrived at this rule not to post drunk, is, like, when we first had the ability just to offend every single person we yeah. know with one single click of a button, I remember many times in my early 20s when Facebook was in its infancy, I would have that a moment, like I had this morning, when I'd wake up and just go, <gasps> yeah. I just wake up to 81 Facebook notifications like you're a piece of shit Ryan I'm like oh my god everyone saw this oh god they shared it <laughs> listen everybody I know everybody gives Pol Pot a bad time but hear me out <laughs> dude it's like when you're watching Netflix and after a while the message comes are you still watching yeah, yeah. Ryan has this thing like are you still mad about all taxi drivers <laughs> it's like no no I don't want to post that <laughs> Netflix, I was uh, binge-watching some of my, um, uh, one of my all-time favorite TV shows. I was watching Cheers. Yeah. And I didn't want to post this on Facebook. Is it, isn't it weird that Woody Harrelson has less hair in Cheers when he started acting than he does now? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, uh, I, I'm not one of those guys that is uh, constantly combing through old properties to see if I can find something that's problematic mm -hmm. so that I can like uh, go on Facebook and take it to task and show everyone how woke I am. Like, yeah. oh, if you really think about it, this is problematic behavior on fucking wings. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I was watching Cheers, one of my all-time favorite shows, uh, and the character of Sam Malone, uh, played by Ted Danson. Yes, that's what made him famous. Oh, boy. The, uh, <laughs> the later seasons, dude, it's kind of uncomfortable to watch. That really? is a rapey character. Really? I remember, like, okay, so. In your head, he's the ladies' man. Let's see right. what we know about Sam Malone. Yep. Ladies' man, ex-baseball player, Athlete, yeah. owner of a bar, yep. good head of hair, and drives a Corvette. That's yes. what I know about Sam Malone. Right, right, right. And in the earlier seasons, that's what he was made to portray. Mm -hmm. But in the later seasons, like, I didn't even really put the two and two together until recently. The writers tried to, like, flip it on, flip the script and make it the butt of jokes. So, like, yeah. he stops being able to get chicks as easy ah. and like uh, so whereas the first like five seasons like he could be, he was basically the Fonz he could snap yeah, his yeah. fingers he'd say some suggestive thing to a girl at a bar and it would always work you know right. so at the end they're like oh let's make it you know let's make him uh, pursue his boss played by um what was her name? Christy Alley. Uh, Christy Alley. And uh, it, it'll just never go over. He'll be the butt of jokes, you know? <laughs> and I remember watching that, like, oh, this is hilarious, man. He he steers everything back to sex with her. Yeah. Oh, he, <laughs> stuck, he snuck in her apartment and took his pants off. Oh, man, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, oh my God, he's trying to con her into sex again. I was watching it now, I'm like... Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. He is not taking no for an answer. This is not okay behavior. So my question is, have you ever had um, like a, a character, like a fictional character that you loved growing up but then it didn't age well? Jesus. <laughs> I was thinking about this, actually, because you posed this question to us uh, last night, and I was thinking like, actually, it's funny. If you look at pretty much every religious tradition, it's a great example of like, Oh, social norms change, right? Because, yeah. like, you go, Jesus, eh, 200 years ago, right? And people go, he's the epitome of morality and the whole nine yards. And then you go now and you're like, wait a second. He says it's okay to enslave people. And he says it's actually the slave's jobs to listen to their masters and not try and escape. He tells you to leave your family and follow him. He actually has a lot of, like, really morally disgusting advice. He's actually yeah. not a really good guy. <laughs> Well, he's imaginary, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, character. You said character. I thought of a couple, uh, Ryan. One that you showed me, because I was never into the show, 
and I wouldn't say he was a beloved character, but he was kind of like a, a what, I don't know, like a scamp, a, okay. a scoundrel. Okay. Right. Zach Morris. Oh, yeah. That's the big um, one that's been going around is people pointing out how yeah, he's an asshole. But Ryan right? showed me there's a show called Zach Morris's Trash yeah. where they break uh, down every episode and show what a fucking disgusting sociopathic <laughs> monster he is. Yeah, true. It's but amazing. But he did save the Peach Pit at least twice. Wrong well, show. Well, that, that that's... <laughs> <laughs> that was like the, a trope for a long time in the 80s. Like, I think it was probably kicked off by Ferris Bueller. It's like, hey, this guy's always up to something. He's all, he, he plays can, by his own rules. He plays yeah. by his own rules. He's always up to a scam, and it always works. Yeah. Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah. And then you look back, you're like, this guy was just a fucking scam artist. That yeah. sucks. But beyond that, like, he was so fucking creepy. Like, yeah. the shit he would try to pull off was ridiculous. And then, like, I, like there's there's episodes that, that, that aren't even covered by that Zach Morris's trash uh, web series. Like, there's a whole episode where he's getting, he's trying to get out of a date because she's too fat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and at the end, like, he's like the hero for doing it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did they do it super offensively, too, where he just took, like, a thing of McDonald's fries and put it on the hook of a fishing pole and ran it by her until she ran away? Yeah, then he took Probably, a hot poker yeah. and ran with the words too fat. <laughs> I think that happened to a lot of our 80s action heroes too because we've talked before about Steven Seagal. Like Steven Seagal was the man in the 90s and as we talked about well, before, turns out he was just raping left and well, right. Well, that's a little different because that was... Different th- character? Th- th- that, that, was, that was the real guy okay, behind right. these characters. I'm talking about a guy that was in plain sight. Mm-hmm. We were watching all these actions happen and going, yeah! yeah! And, okay. then, like, and then in 2020, could, you're like, oh Greatest no. example of that all, of all time, Eddie Murphy's Raw. Right? So you watch Eddie Murphy's Raw back in the day, and you're like, yeah. And you watch Amazing, it now, and yeah. you're like, uh, yeah. I'm going to feel weird about laughing about this. Yeah, well, how about all the way back to the Honeymooners, where Ralph Cramden's like, signature line was sure. beating his wife. <laughs> to the moon, Alice. I was like, ah, he's going to hit her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, he's going to backhand her so hard. That'd be fucking hysterical. <laughs> the one my wife always mentions is uh, Schwarzenegger's character in True Lies. Back when we watch it, you're like, oh, yeah. He's here. But if you rewatch it now, he, like, tricks his wife into sex work, essentially. <laughs> 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 like, creates this terribly terrifying, like, situation around her. Oh, my wife I'm never home for is seeking attention elsewhere. I'm going to emotionally terrorize her. <laughs> oh, a big one. Uh, I know this has been talked about a lot, but uh, uh, the first Ace Ventura movie. Where the entire plot hinges uh. on, oh, it's a transgender <laughs> oh, person. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the ending of that movie did not end well. Oh, hey, God. Hey, look, a trans person, and everyone just starts throwing up. <laughs> How about any show from the 80s or early 90s where the cops bust somebody for weed, right? And they're like, they'll throw him down. We got the guy. We got him. Shoot him. Hit him with the tasers. And now you'd be like, bro, what's up? <laughs> I just bought this at the store next to Jamba Juice. I feel like there was quite a bit of jokes in in the 80s and all the way up to I'd say to like the mid 2000s where a big punchline would be like gay guy e- oh three's <laughs> company the whole yeah. premise was he had to pretend to be gay to live with two women and whenever the landlord came around he had to act super effeminate like offensively effeminate to trick them into it I remember asking my dad like so the, are, are those shorts John Ritter's wearing part of the gay thing he's like no that was, that was just the nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big one James Bond like he's evolved as a character but back in the day dude he was just like a womanizing piece of shit true yeah yeah, I would give him that. What about uh, Trump from Home Alone 2? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about Trump from real life? <laughs> <laughs> nice heel turn. <laughs> oh, I got one. This one actually bothered me at the time, but nobody mentioned it. The girlfriend from 40-year-old Virgin. Do you remember how she treats him like he's a fucking leper because he watches porn? Do you remember how she makes – she like – 
acts like he's literally a serial killer yeah. because he has some porn on VHS. And by the way, he's like a box of porn. It's like, motherfucker, that is half the windows I have open at any <laughs> given moment. <laughs> half. And she like treats him like he's a crazy man and makes him run off into traffic because he has porn, because he's a fucking dude. Yeah. Bobby oh. is especially triggered by that. I, was, I can tell. I was so angry. The entire, I'm yelling at the screen. I'm like, fuck this lady. You don't want her. She's garbage. Have you guys ever been with, with a woman that considered porn cheating? Or, no. Or, or wrong no, nor would I be with a crazy woman. Like, uh, yeah, no, it happened to me one time. Yeah, I had a girlfriend once who was like, porn. I'm like, come on, what's the big deal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. It, it turned out to be like my craziest ex, who had done porn, by the way, wow. and was cheating. So, wow. but, but like, she found a she way. She only wanted you to watch porn of her fucking other guys. That's oh, what it yeah. was. If, if porn is cheating, then hugging your male friends is emotional cheating, and you can't do that either. Fuck <laughs> off. That's, I'm like, oh, well, you can't watch other comedians anymore. <laughs> you think they're funnier than me? <laughs> what about Mrs. Doubtfire? That's kind of creepy when you think about it. Oh, that's I've, a horror movie. Somebody just posted the other day, one of our friends, and uh, they said they had just watched it and it aged really well. Oh, really? Yeah. Because if you think about it, if, if you're like, hey, we're getting a divorce because you're like a man child and I don't want to be around you anymore. And you're like, I know. I'm going to dress up like a British nanny and sneak into your house so you don't have to know I'm there. <laughs> I'm going to fuck these kids up permanently. <laughs> Dude, but Bobby, going back to the weed thing about the cops busting people for weed. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that like a few years ago as, as weed started to become legal more and more places. I'm like, what are the movies going to do in like a decade? What's the scene going to be to show the protagonist is cool instead of lighting up a joint? Because that'll just be so passe. It's like, what's going to be the new thing? to like, oh, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do a line in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, uh, that's how I feel sometimes when I watch old episodes of Cops. They're like, all right, we, this guy's going down. He's got a nickel bag here full of, uh, it's like some fucking brown, dry yes. fucking yeah. weed. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> My wife calls that being out of weed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lighter that smells like weed. And it's like, get the fuck away from this guy and go stop some crime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got two that are interesting because they're like real life people, but they're also kind of characters in and of themselves. Is One it me of, and Dave? <laughs> both of which were thought of very highly. Now they're kind of negative. It's not me and you. Negative sides <laughs> yeah. are coming down. First is like Mother Teresa, who used to be used what? as the example. You'd be like, hey, Mother Teresa or Hitler. And now we know she's actually much closer to Hitler than like anybody Why? else. She was a disgusting human. What? I see. I don't know any of this. You know, so, yeah. So there's see, a great example. Bobby's one of the guys you're talking about who's combing through someone's history trying <laughs> to get them canceled. <laughs> no, no, so she was. A, she wore white after Labor Day. <laughs> she was a truly bad human being. Wow, who like tell ruined me. the planet substantially. So she was an ardent Catholic. So no. When that's she, enough right there. When, <laughs> she, when she first moved to India, the first thing she did was. Touch Kids. Basically, <laughs> keep women from getting on birth control and perpetuate them into poverty by forcing them to have like twelve or thirteen kids. But right. the second thing, and the thing that like we know her for, is having these uh, homes for the dying in Calcutta. And the image that was portrayed by the Catholic Church of her a long time ago was, look at this woman, she's helping everybody, but it's total bullshit. So she believes in a form of Catholicism where suffering is how you get to where you go. So she purposely brings these people in who are dying, will not allow them to have drugs, wants them to suffer, perpetuates their suffering until their death, because oh. that's how you cleanse yourself to Jesus. She's a horrible, she's a monster. She's a truly monstrous person. Like, Let's go pee on her grave. Man. Like ah. be Before she came to India, there were people who were starting to use birth control, move up through the lad social ladder, you know, not be tied down with a bunch of kids they don't want and also when you were dying you would get regular treatment for death so you didn't fucking die in amazing pain so I guess all we have now is like Mr. Rogers and Keanu yeah, Reeves exactly. oh, no, no. Mr. Rogers is up next <laughs> so, oh god I say I hope not so she's actually starting to take a lot of shit
shit because now all the stuff is coming out where people are like, no, she devastated our country. Like, get this bitch out of here. Uh, but the second one, which I have a stand-up joke about that still has not gotten his comeuppance and is way worse than anybody else we give comeuppance to is Dr. Dre. Right. Like, right. There was this whole thing. I have this whole bit about this, the, the thing that blew up in like the early 90s. And the only reason this wasn't a bigger deal is because we didn't have fucking Internet back then. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a female journalist wrote a bad story about him or I guess I basically said he, she didn't like his music. He went purposely met her at a party, went to a party because he knew we were there, had his security hold back the crowd as he brutally beat her, physically punching her in the face, uh, slamming her head, you know what's worse? smashing her into a brick wall, throwing her downstairs, whole nine yards, and was such a fucking pussy that he needed his security to stop anybody from intervening because he can only beat up women if he's unencumbered <laughs> by people trying to stop him. And then when he got asked to apologize, his apology was, she deserved it. That was his quote-unquote apology, and we let him skate. We let him go and be in the movie Training Day. We let him be spokesman for Coors Light and Dr. Pepper and do all this shit, and nobody holds his feet to the fire. They, they slightly hinted at that in the movie, I think, but nowhere no, near not. the degree. He, no, they didn't, and he is so much worse than Chris Brown, and yet Chris Brown, who is a bad guy, is considered a bad guy, and Dr. Dre is like, oh, he's the lovable guy from the 90s. Well, you know what's worse is she didn't even uh, say she didn't like his music. She was a fan of his music. She she uh, did a segment for, I forget, MTV or whatever, where it was after Ice Cube had just left the group. She interviewed them, uh, oh. the, the remaining member of um, NWA. NWA. And um, then she did an interview with Ice Cube, who was talking shit on NWA, mm. and they aired them in one segment. Oh. And so it wasn't even her fault. She just wow. said, what do you think about this? And, and, and of course, Ice Cube said some shitty stuff. Yeah, and then, yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, well, that you heard it here. And they're like... Oh, they, she she edited those together on purpose. It's like <laughs> th th this guy didn't even know how an editing truck works. She had Dude, nothing to do with the editing. It, it was so bad, and we hold, held him to such little account for this. This is the like the stand up punchline is like he had so few consequences to this that later when he decided to start a headphone company, he had no problem calling it Beats. Right? He beat the fuck out of a woman in public, and he could call it like it would be like Michael Vick calling a new line of shoes "Murder's Dog," <laughs> because nobody held his feet to the fire. Right? So I think. Out of everybody, I think Dr. Ray tops it as like the worst who somehow never was held accountable. Yeah. There's one that was really bad. I forget, Ryan, uh, I don't remember what show or movie this was from, but it was a guy whose girlfriend was going to leave him. Uh -huh. So he hired an actress to pretend <laughs> to be a fortune teller. Yeah, that he guy was a sociopath. Oh my God. Did yeah. it work? Because <laughs> if it worked and they still dated for another year, then I guess it was fucking okay, right, Dave? I think it was called Mummy Digger. Uh, so, anyway. That was a totally different taboo movie. <laughs> Speaking of how things change, I told you guys last week that I'm back on a construction site now and I'm still getting used to like construction guys like I, I've the culture shock yeah, yeah it's a huge culture shock and again it's not like I'm not used to it in general I've been around construction sites my entire life so I, I kind of get it but you forget it's like getting into a cold pool like your yeah. body has forgotten that you're okay with this and it yeah. tells you you're about to die yeah, yeah back in Michigan a lot of my cousins and uncles like work construction own a construction company so I yeah. work with them for the summer and it's yeah. always just like Ew, this is how you guys are dude okay. so that mo I had that moment so I went I'm actually with a new crew this week and I was going out and I was just kind of hanging out and meeting everybody I was watching as they were digging in this pothole and the guy starts talking and somehow the, the topic of like 
tracking people and Gmail and stuff showed up and I was like, hey, you know, uh, you guys should check your Gmail settings because actually Google tracks you everywhere you go if you don't change your Gmail settings on your phone. Yeah, time out. Ryan, do you ever get that notice like Google Maps wants to show you where you've been the past month? I'm like, why are you fucking following Oh, everything. Me? <laughs> you, can, you can actually check your history I've and never see. Seen yeah. that. Oh you my can, God. You can disturbing. see where you've been down to the 10 minute interval for the last five years. So you could go back and be like, oh, on April 2nd in 2017, I was here. Why'd you go to a gay bar 17 and, times this month? <laughs> <laughs> I love the wings. We're going to take his phone. King of Franks. <laughs> so I was mentioning this and, I, and, the, and the construction worker in the hole is like, yeah, yeah, I know that. That's how my wife caught me cheating last time. Oh. And he started going into it. He's like, yeah, so I, was, I was fucking this lady in Yerba Linda. And then my wife kept checking on me and she found out where I was. And so she called me as I was leaving. And as soon as I got the call, I knew something was up because she asked where I was in a really funny voice. So I decided I just started going offense on her. So I was like, listen, bitch, of course I'm fucking other people. <laughs> it's just, oh I was my just like, God. sitting at this hole and I'm like, Everything about this story is weird and foreign to me. <laughs> First of all, one is how casually he was like, I was banging my wife. And my favorite part is he goes, eh, so I was cheating on my wife. And that's how I got caught last time. The other construction worker goes, I hear that, buddy. I got caught two weeks ago. And I was like, how common is this? This is like a scene out of an 80s sitcom. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is. And here's what's funnier. So the four people involved in this, two construction workers, myself and a Native American monitor. And the Native American monitor is nodding his head. And I'm like, I'm the odd man out here. <laughs> yeah, I forgot there's for sure. There is a weird overlap between like Native American culture and poor white guy culture. <laughs> This is the Venn diagram overlap. We both love cheating on their wives. And gambling. Yeah. And so I was like, I was talking to him and I realized like, okay, so I broke this down for my wife later. I was like, think about this. Not only is he so comfortable cheating that this is one of many times he has cheated and apparently been taken back by his wife, right? So this is a common thing in their relationship, enough where it's like you're on the couch for two weeks because you yeah. cheated. Yeah, no, the, the relationship's not over. Yes, I, I know right, that's right, right, Yes, yeah. and so think about this difference. That, then enough so that the other guy standing next to you goes, yes, I have also had this experience within a month's time. And then- <laughs> With your wife, I <laughs> jumps on you. <laughs> and the native monitor also felt the same way, and now, let's expand this out. They live in a culture in which their wives, those three independent people's wives, are like, guess he cheated again. Oh, boy. Oh, man, that dick goes everywhere. And to be fair, the way the Native American guy got caught, she tracked his footprints. Yeah. <laughs> she tracked the smoke signal. <laughs> Google smoke. <laughs> when he said, when he said uh, I got caught cheating, you went, really? How? Oof. So, yeah, I know, that's not going to Yeah, no. That's, that's a real Dr. Dre comment right there. Uh, I realized, like, holy shit. We live in vastly different cultures because my wife and I would be having a very different conversation. I would be in court <laughs> yes, right now. Yes. Or best case scenario, me being like, yeah, that was the time my wife caught me cheating. It really changed our whole relationship. We had to go to therapy. Like, But it, for him, it was just like, yeah, I had to sleep on the couch for two weeks and now I'm banging an Asian chick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a life, man. Yeah. And I just thought, I thought, think of it because it's not just these three guys. It's not just their wives, but their wives also have a group of friends who they probably confide in, like, Bill cheated again, he's fucking hookers, and their friend's like, oh, that guy sucks. But they still get back together, and they still, still and the community accepts yeah. that this goes on nonstop, and you realize, people live very fucking different lives than us. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, 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 I've noticed that um, something that's common in, like, lower-income families is... 
it's just not feasible to get a divorce. Mm. Like, we can't afford our own domicile. Like, you know, like, you know, even if I take all his shit, like, all 20 of his dollars, like, you know, that like, so it's, it's like a, a thing where you see a lot of unhappy couples because they just can't afford to d- get a divorce. But I didn't get the op- opinion that it was like, we can't afford to, we desperately hate each other, we can't afford to. It was just more like, this is the way their relationship works. Yeah. I cheat yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how... Like, sometimes my wife doesn't like it if I finish off the last Klondike bar, but I do it and she gets a little mad. You know, like, right, I, I feel right, like right. it's not so much the financial thing. It's more just like, almost like settling. Well, yeah. we've been together for 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got this house together. Yeah. You know, what? Uh, to your point of like being around like a, uh, like a culture shock that you're not used to, I get that all the time. I feel like as a comic in green rooms, because mm. in green rooms, especially when I'm on tour, you're, I mean, in the local scene, I know all the guys. We're all, you know, friendly. But when you are like forced into a situation with a, like a perfect stranger on tour mm. and you're just trapped in this green room t- together, it, I, I, I'm always made to feel wildly uncomfortable. There's always a guy that like wants to talk pussy with me. And I'm yeah. like, I Oh, yeah. I don't want to do it. One guy just like was like on his phone. We're backstage. We're just kind of playing on our phones. Also, he goes, hey, check this out. He shows me porn. I'm like, what are you, what are you I doing? I also have access to porn. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Are you aware that not just your phone can receive pornography? Because like I can do this at will. As well. I would appreciate it if I also didn't have access to this. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a re- weird like old timer thing is uh, sending porn. To yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah. So weird. It's happened to me a few times. It's always like an older guy like I'll get a message from someone I don't even know yeah. and it'll just be like a porn video I'm like yeah. what are you doing oh I, like, like yeah, said, so I'm ruining the future's opinion of me <laughs> you know what I think it is though it's because in their generation yeah. uh, they, they didn't have access to porn yes if you got like a porno tape and, you, and gave it to your friend yes. you were being a really cool yeah. guy it's the, way, it's the way depression babies act like when they get older and they have money but they still hoard food and stuff yeah, right? sending, you, sending you porn that's like they used to have to tell people, oh, there's a magazine hidden under this tree out yeah. in the field. Yeah. yeah. So that's their version of doing this. It's yeah. like, yeah, hey, look what I found. Yeah. One time I finally had to put a guy on blast because I think I was pretty sure that what he sent me had an underage girl in it performing wow. a sex act. Oh, I, I that's pretty sh- ballsy. I don't know for sure, but I, I was I, like, I was like, you motherfucker. I'm like, first of all, I've told you not to send me porn. And I, I, I put him on blast. I'm like, this is a fucking creep. And like, uh, he was like, yeah, a real man would have liked it. I'm like, what are you talking Talking about <laughs> such a weird interpretation of way, our social structure. By the way, why are you thinking of me when you're looking at porn? Yeah. You're stroking your dick and going, "Oh, you know who'd love this, Ryan." Yeah, <laughs> don't miss that. I do like that, and I like the idea that again, kind of like what we're talking about about these different like cultural communities where things are acceptable. I like the idea that there's a bunch of eighty year olds right now in a retirement home just tweeting each other porn nonstop. <laughs> Whoa, check this out. That would make sense though, because I think I think it's like one to three there, uh, dudes to chicks in nursing homes. But the guys and- also have Alzheimer's; they keep sending the same clip <laughs> back and forth to each other. <laughs> You really want to prank a guy you send him one of his daughter, he doesn't even know. <laughs> they think that's the ratio. They're fucking the same chick. They don't realize it. No, but it's crazy. Like, so old age homes right now is the fastest growth of STDs of any place that. in the United States because yeah, because we gave a bunch of old dudes dick pills and then old women are really like they want attention, and now the ratio is one to three, so they have to try a lot harder to get that one dude's attention, so everybody's banging. Like, it's it's going out like crazy. It's great. Yeah, could you imagine being... What a utopia awaits. What if you? What if it was, like, 1998, and you signed up to work at an old folks' home before the Viagra Revolution, and you're just like, I really like helping old people. I think they're sweet. I like, I like hard candy and racism. It's going to be great. And, like, 
<laughs> so you got ready for it. And then all of a sudden this like sea change hit where all of a sudden you're just there supervising old fucking and throwing condoms <laughs> to them. Like, please use these. <laughs> oh God, I've caught Herbert fucking in the, the pantry again. <laughs> By the way, Bobby, how was Nerd Night? I know you were... Uh, yeah, that was a fantastic show that we did. Good uh, turnout? Yeah, great turnout. Good. We actually packed the house. Our biggest problem was no chair. Was not enough chairs, so we'll, we'll sell I was, that. I, 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 was, I was worried about you. Not yeah. enough to go, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. And actually, my wife ended up getting me a Christmas present, which was like promotional marketing, both for Nerd Night and for, for uh, Science Faction. And so I met with like the marketing person the other day. And it was really funny because this is a general marketing person. They're very good at their job, but they're there for general marketing. So trying to describe to them, like, putting on a podcast, <laughs> it was funny because I, like, I was so excited for this meeting. I'm like, what a great present. I'll get to, you know, get some eyes out on the podcast. This will be fantastic. And I go to meet her, and halfway through explaining kind of this side of it, like, what a podcast is and what we do, I realized, like, oh, fuck, I sound like a loser. Because <laughs> she's like, I'm like, well, well we all... Well, to 99% of people with podcasts yeah, so <laughs> I was like, so uh, we all go into a room once a week and we talk into microphones and then I spend hours editing it. Oh, and I spend like six hours writing the show. And then we post two episodes and she goes like, so what's your total time in? I'm like, I don't know, 20 some odd hours. And she goes, how much did you get paid? And I was like... Well, well, nothing, but like, <laughs> it's a podcast. And it's like, this Tyler Durden moment. I've been a loser the whole time. Oh my God. <laughs> Slow motion coffee mug break says loser on the bottom. I'm the one draining my bank account. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, some people don't see big picture, you know? Like, yeah. I remember when I first started stand up and I was going to open mics um, multiple times a night five nights a week my roommate at the time was like why are you doing that I'm like, yeah. uh, like uh, I'm like because I want to be a stand up he's like you getting paid I'm like no if anything I lose money he's like why are you doing it I don't understand like, yeah. it was so lost on him why I would possibly do something for free if there wasn't an immediate paycheck attached yeah. to it well, some people are just like that I'm sure you still get this too I still get this now I've been in it like 13 years and whenever you meet someone who's not involved in comedy like you meet yeah. new people somewhere and you talk about comedy like oh how much money do you make you're like well uh, no, nothing really. Nothing, really. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it's kind of a weird self-realization yeah. moment of like, oh, oh. Well, I did, and I, I felt like then having to justify it, and I'm like, I teach a lot of people science around <laughs> the world, and it's, it's important. And it's they're more. like, yeah, but for free. Yeah, yeah, I know. And they, but you're still t you're talking to this marketing person. They're being very kind because technically you're their client, but behind their eyes, you realize they're like, oh, this person's a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I have to tell people like, well, you know, it's a way to stay in touch with you know a fan base mm -hmm. who will eventually reward you like by coming out to a show or yeah. buying a t-shirt. Yeah, and we've sold out Nerd Night, and that happened a lot because of people from that listen to this podcast and Science Faction came out to come see it. Yeah, so, I mean, so, but, but if people don't see the immediate payoff, they're yeah. like, you're just wasting your time. And I can't disagree with them. Anyway. <laughs> Bobby, uh, viewer mailbag. Okay. Um, someone wanted your advice on something. Ooh. Okay, so there's a neighbor... They have a neighbor that I guess is a gopher problem. They have one of those stakes in the ground that emits noise. Like the ultrasonic the noise? Yes. Okay. But the thing itself makes a fairly loud beep oh, pretty really? consistently all the time. Like a fire detector that's going yeah. out of a battery? Yeah. Okay. And so it's been annoying the listener. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and it bothers them. They've talked to the neighbor about it. Yeah. And the neighbor got really aggressive. Like, what? It's not even that loud. You can't hear it. Let me come in your house. They're like, Ooh. no, you can't come over my house. So he's already kind of had it out with the guy. Yeah. Mm. So now- he feels like he, he can't, can't go and yeah, take it. 100% because right. It'll be. 
So what does he do? So first things first is you need a diversion because eventually we're going to have to break this thing, right? But right. we need to make sure that the trail does not lead right back across the <laughs> fence to your house. So he is already prime target number one. And our first job is to remove you from prime target number one before we do this. So what you're going to do is start you're sending- You're a cop. <laughs> you're going to start sending threatening letters, get this, from the gopher. Right now, <laughs> you, you deposit them not in your own mailbox. You deposit them in a mailbox down the street, one of those blue mailboxes. Hey, no, 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 I, I got it right here. He's gonna get a knock on his door. He's gonna open it. It's gonna be me dressed as Mother Teresa. I'm like, no birth control. I'll fucking I'll poke him with hot needles. And be like, suffering is the way to Jesus. No, yeah, no medication as you're dying. You have to, you have to feel this pain. Yeah, no, okay. Or so my first thought was to have him. Talk to the neighbor again mm -hmm. while he's talking to the neighbor. You, Bobby, yes. run by, probably naked just for a fact, yes. and swing a bat at it and break it as you're okay. just running through. The, okay, so I I guess that does sound fun just for the whole naked bat swinging <laughs> part. But I I would like to put together a more realistic version. <laughs> and so far, gopher letter is the only thing we've got. So, so the, the thing you need to do is create a situation where somebody other than you would be feasibly bothered by this gopher thing. Now, one technique might be to send them an official looking notice from either the city or the county that you live in stating that these are not legal to have in your yard. That's a really easy one because if all of a sudden it disappears, then you can be like, I don't know, but there was a meter made over here earlier. I don't know. Maybe talk to them. I'm just friends with the Hells Angels, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I just have them go over there in the vest and say, I don't like your thing. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised how amicable they become. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, any shows coming up, guys? Yeah, I have Good Bar January 28th. Come on out and That's check out Good Bar. That's a great show. I have heard good things Disagree. about that. Disagree. <laughs> Dave, everybody says that. I've done it three times. All three times has been fucking terrible. Uh, okay. Well, this will be great. We can reevaluate this later to see which one of you two were right. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that was wrong, Lou. Is their gopher deterrence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the night before that, the 27th, I'll be at Blind Lady Ale House in Normal Heights. Uh, I have a, a couple uh, coming up. You can always catch my dates at ryanshores.com. But uh, I'm back at Alpine. It's going to be the, my first produced show of the year. That's going to be January 24th. I have Joe Sib headlining. And another show that I'm uh, producing will be uh, in uh, Lemon Grove at the 13 Point Brewery. I have Trenton Davis coming down. That is going to be February 5th. I'd really like a good turnout to that one. It'll be my first two shows of the year. So come on down January 24th to Alpine. And February 5th, Lemon Grove 13 Point Brewing. All right, let's call it a week. I'm Ryan for Dave and Bobby saying see you next week. Cruising with the twos. Yeah, I had to sleep on the couch for two weeks and now I'm banging an Asian chick. Motherfucking time is passing by